Hello, my friends. My name is Brian Ellis. A bit later, if we have time, I'll regale you with a listing of all the well-known clients who've hired me to write their pitch decks and webinars, and uh, maybe we can touch on some of the big projects I've worked on and major magazines that have published me and universities for whom I've taught and so on. But for now, let's, let's just focus on helping you raise more money much more quickly and easily, shall we? We began, surprisingly, with this sculpture of a face. <laughs> that particular face belongs to Swedish tennis star from the 70s and 80s, Bjorn Borg. Now, Mr. Borg himself isn't really relevant to us, but the effect this artwork has on your mind offers a, that offers a profa- profound object lesson that will make you far more powerful as a raiser of capital. As you look at that sculpture, consider this question. If the basic information you're communicating in your project's pitch decks and webinars, if that info is correct, does it really matter what specific words you use to communicate the information? For example, if you're raising $10 million or $50 million, whatever, does it matter how you say that so long as your prospect understands the basic facts? Or if your minimum investment is hundred grand, or your expected holding period is five years or your expected ROI is 20, 29%, is it enough to communicate those facts or can the specific way you communicate that info have a very material impact on just how quickly, easily, and effortlessly you can raise the capital you need? Well, the answer without a single shred of doubt is that it does matter how you share the details of your project when you're raising capital, and I have hard evidence to prove it. Oh, by the way, That sculpture that you see on your screen, your brain thinks you're seeing a face, but that face isn't one like you've ever seen before, even though you don't know it. In fact, that face is literally opposite any face you've ever seen, with the nose, lips, and other features of the face pointing inward rather than outward, almost as if it's a mold of a face rather than a mask. It's it's pressed in rather than being pressed out like a normal face. Now, you got the idea that this was a face. But you had absolutely no idea that this face is unlike any other face you've ever seen because you wholly lacked the context to know its tremendous, tremendous uniqueness. That is a similar violence, unfortunately, that many of you do to your own offerings without even knowing it by using a just-the-facts-ma'am sort of approach to pitching your projects. You see, syndicators just like you frequently reach out to me when they're in the red zone, when they have only 10 days or so left before the You know, they absolutely must complete their capital raises, and yet they're still millions of dollars short with no prospects for closing the gap. These clients have made a good faith effort and in many cases have successfully raised many millions already, but now they've tapped out their own investor databases and beaten their email lists to death with capital solicitations, and now those syndicator clients that I serve, people just like you, they they face the prospect of losing not just a great deal that they were trying to fund, but also the reputational risk of failing to take down a deal to which they're committed. Well, then they hire me, and in one day of work, we change one basic thing, and suddenly they're able to go back to their own email lists, the same lists that a day before they believed were totally tapped out. And suddenly, the investment capital they need floods in unabated. And to be clear, This is not an inexpensive service I provide. My fee is $25,000 per day, and I stay quite busy doing this sort of thing, and 100% of that business comes from word-of-mouth referrals. I share that number with you for one, one reason, not because I'm pitching you, but to give you clarity on the value of what you're about to learn. So what is it that I do for my clients that you should do for yours as well? Well, by writing or rewriting a pitch webinar for them, I, I help clients to share not just the the content, the hard facts about their projects, but the context of the project as well. 
the reason why that information matters. And in so doing, I help those investor prospects to whom they're communicating. I help them focus on the information most likely to help them not just say yes, but to say yes right away. So how do I do it? And how can you do it too? Well, there are many principles that I use, three of which I'll share with you today. Persuasive principle number one of which is what I call focal clarity. Consider what you see before you right now. This is an actual slide containing high-level financial projections that a client was using in their pitch webinar before they hired me. It certainly has some useful information in it, projective, uh, projected total income, expenses, CapEx, NOI, all of that for five separate years, along with the, the ultimate prediction of a 20.4% uh, internal rate of return. All, all that's good, useful information to be sure. But consider this question. In the context of a webinar, which, by the way, is increasingly the dominant tool for capital raising in the COVID-19 era, how many of your viewers are going to read all of the information on that screen? Here's the answer to that. Zero. Not a single one. Even if they did, they'd be distracted by what you're saying about the slide, causing it to be even more difficult for them to understand and process what you're communicating. More importantly, isn't it possible, or, or potentially even very likely, that something on that screen, a number, a label, a calculation, it'll be misunderstood by your prospect who could then reject your offer on a totally false premise. Without a doubt, yes. The more data you provide in your pitch webinars, the more likely you'll confuse and turn off prospects. So how do I do it differently? Well, when I rewrote this client's presentation, I communicated the same information something like this. And forgive me if you will, as for the next 15 seconds or so, I speak to you as if you were an audience of investor prospects just for purposes of demonstration. So I would say something like 20.4%. That's all right, my friends. Over the next five years, this project is predict projected to yield a whopping 20.4% internal rate of return for well-qualified investors. And that's based on a thorough analysis available for your review in this project's private placement memorandum. Okay, I'm out of demonstration mode now. Now, do you see that by shifting from detail mode, where we share every line item for five separate years to, to summary mode, that by doing so, you can communicate the one thing that's most important, the, the one thing upon which you want your prospects to focus, and that can totally avoid the potential for confusion. And by the way, you don't have to slam the door on providing that detailed level of information to your prospects. You, sh you should provide that to them. Instead, provide it to them exactly where it ought to be and nowhere else. And that is in the private placement memorandum. Just ask yourself, which one of these would be easier to say yes to? Would it be easier to say yes to, boy, I, I trust that spreadsheet and all 45 different numbers on it? Or would it be easier to say yes to, do I want to make 20.4% on my money? Well, the latter, for sure. The answer is clear. And clarity, it turns out, is an unquestionable key to your success in capital raising in 2021 and beyond. So that's persuasive principle number one of three for today, which is focal clarity. But focal clarity alone is not enough, and that's where transition to persuasive principle number two happens, which is superiority context. This is where we help our prospects to understand not just the information itself, but why that information is so urgently relevant. Now, in the information I gave to you just a moment ago, the example I gave to you a moment ago that revealed the 
sample project offered a 20.4% IRR. Well, almost immediately thereafter, if I was delivering that in a real uh, pitch context, you'd have heard me uh, uh, put that into a superiority context by saying something like this, as I now go back into demonstration mode, uh, so to speak, if you don't mind. I'd say something like, and I'm sure you recognize the gravity of such a return. After all, if you look at the first two full decades, the first 20 years of the 2000s, you'd see that even the venerable Warren Buffett, his company Berkshire Hathaway, well, its share price increased by only an average of 9.9% per year during that time. So the potential to enjoy a return that's literally more than twice that number is something that any discerning investor will take very seriously. Okay, out of demonstration mode. Do you see what we're doing there? It's called superiority context. And it's, it's, it's all about giving your brain not just the information about your project needed by your, your, your prospects, giving their brain that information, but it's also about helping your prospects to un- interpret your project as clearly superior to other alternatives. So now what your prospects have is two things to focus on, a return of 20.4% per year, and the fact that there's more than twice as good, that that number is more than twice as good as some other standard that they, they all know and respect. Suddenly, you're not just offering them a great return, you're offering them the chance to beat Warren Buffett's results. And you, you just can't have a better standard among retail investors than Warren Buffett. He's like gold reputationally. Now, there are many highly relevant standards to which you could compare. Buffett's just one, just an example. And whether... Uh, the standard to which you choose to uh, uh, compare your, your project is Buffett or anything else. The point is this. Now your prospect knows not just the numbers, but they know the, and have a clear sense of the relative superiority of your project versus something that matters to them. So that's a very quick and cursory coverage of pers- uh, uh, persuasive principle number two, which is superiority context, uh, which we added to persuasive principle number one, which is focal clarity. That leaves us... The final persuasive principle, number three, which is the principle of the Rolling Stones. <laughs> Don't you remember that very famous Rolling Stones song, uh, You Can't Always Get What You Want? <laughs> well, that's very true. And as a matter of human nature, what do we all want? What do we want most? Well, what we want most is anything we're told isn't fully within our grasp. If you know there's plenty of something available that, that you can absolutely have that thing, how much does just that fact affect your desire for the thing. Think of it, folks. You've seen it with your own eyes. When there's plenty of a commodity available, prices decline. Why? Demand is low. Conversely, we've all had the experience of wanting to get that that hot new toy for a child or grandchild at Christmas time, only to fail to do so because demand was so very high that every such toy for miles around is already sold out. The same psychology applies to your offering as well, my friends. Imagine, for example, that you're doing a $5 million raise and your project's minimum is $100,000 per investor. Well, let's think about that. To your average retail investor, $5 million bucks is a large amount of money, but what about the number 50? Not 50 billion or 50 million, just 50. That's a number small enough for them to get their, their, their head around, isn't it? And here's why that matters. Take $5 million, the budget for your project, divide it by the $100,000, which is your project's minimum per investor. What do you get? You get 50. 50 investors, only 50 people are needed. In fact, a hard maximum of 50 people and maybe less because some of your investors will, they'll probably put in more than the minimum. So a hard maximum of 50 people will be allowed to participate in your project. 
when the 51st investor asks to participate in your project, they will be refused. Not because you don't like them, but because there's a strictly limited supply of spaces for investors, a limit that cannot be adjusted. You see, your prospective investors need to know this one thing. They can't always get what they want. They don't get to participate in this project simply because they want to participate. They have to be qualified to participate, and one aspect of that qualification is they must be among the first 50, because if they're number 51, they're out of luck. You see, my friends, most syndicators, they operate from a default mental position of desperation or need. They speak to their prospects as if the prospect will be doing them a favor if they choose to participate in the project. That's the wrong way to do it, folks. My presentations, to the contrary, operate from a very clear position of strength and even scarcity, which is to say, when you watch a webinar that I've written for one of my clients, what you hear is not just opportunity, but an opportunity that's very, very clearly stated around a central objective. Of, that's focal clarity. But it's not just clearly stated. It's also written from a superiority context so that the prospect will know it compares very favorably to a known standard. And not only is it written from a context of superiority, but it's written so that potential investors know that the opportunity for them to participate is very strictly limited. And that as a result, it's distinctly possible, a very real possibility, in fact, that they could want to participate but not be able to do so. And thus, there's clear but very elegant pressure for them to take action right away. Now, the fact is there are many other persuasive principles that I use in crafting presentations for capital raises. And these three aren't even the most powerful of them. But if you do nothing more than use these principles in your presentations, what you'll find is that no longer are you giving professor-style lectures, but instead you're speaking, you're speaking to your prospects' minds in a way that their minds are naturally built to understand. And the result is clear and consistent. More money for your projects, more quickly, far more easily than ever before. <laughs> My friends, we're out of time, so that's all for now. If I can be of service to you, drop a text to me at the number you see on your screen, and I'll be happy to reach out. And if you benefited from this presentation, be sure to let Richard Wilson and the crew at CapitalCon know, and maybe we'll meet again in the future. My friends, I am Brian Ellis. It has been a pleasure to be with you today.